0: Previously on the J and Dan podcast.
1: That's what Danny Greaves is doing. He's a huge success. I want to know what jingles. You know, the toilet jingle. Mm-hmm. Toilets. Hey, we've got toilets. Come and get your toilet oh, That's not a real jingle Come get, that's, You know, that one mm-hmm. Robin, would you consider getting into uh, Getting into jingle writing? Uh, I've considered that Before, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to go into America yet No, I gotta Sort some
2: things out Whoa, okay We keep peeling this onion 50k, I'll spend three days with Ben Three days in Vegas with Ben Sharing Booze bed. No we could share a, a room Hotel room
1: We could share a room Not a bed Let's not get weird okay. <laughs> But if the listeners wanted you to share a bed And they paid you 100k
2: <laughs> You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast Presented by our good friends at Coors Light I was actually reading better Than when I had no beer in me Dance Mm, dance. Me read good. Hey, it's the Jandam Podcast for the week of March 12th, 2018. Speaking of reading, I just... Oh, brought to you by our good friends at Coors Light. They got a fridge in
1: the studio. Yeah, it's awesome. Let's see what's in there.
2: Okay, Jay's rolling over to the fridge. Um, the tape from the brand new fridge is still in there.
1: What? Oh, plastic.
2: Oh, yeah, you Woo. got that brand new fridge smell. Yeah,
1: baby. We'll fill it, because uh, Coors did send us some beers, so we're going to fill that with beers soon.
2: Yeah, we got beers. It's so silly. We got beers sitting in our office, and they're not in a fridge. They're just sitting there warm.
1: Yeah, we got some in our little mini fridge there that we're probably not supposed to have. But
2: uh... Hey, uh, so getting back to me reading, uh, I went to the old uh, library the other day. and
1: uh, Just by yourself?
2: Yeah, you a know, little uh, Ruby always likes to go over and get books. She gets 300 and reads half of one, and then we lose the other. Two hundred
1: ninety-nine. Now, just quick question: This is the Orno Library. Yeah. Uh, How big is this library? Is this like one shelf? It's uh, in an old house. It's like it's a really cool library. It's straight out of like a storybook. Is that a library or some old man's house who <laughs> has books? He's like, come to my library. It's in the no, base. It's real.
2: Uh, and I picked up uh, Bert Reynolds' autobiography. Mm. What's it called? Bert. <laughs>
1: That's pretty good.
2: I don't know. I pretty good title. Didn't check the title. Have you finished it? No, I just started on it. I would and, like uh, to read that. That would be good. Him it and his dad—quite a relationship.
1: Ooh, what happened? Is dad uh, abusive? Maybe.
2: Uh, well, his dad just like old timey dad. Like he came back from he had been around away for months and years. Came in the door, saw him. He said, "You look well, son." Shook his hand and then went in the bedroom with his mom
1: for a day. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, was he away? fighting some sort of military combat. I should probably know
2: where he was, but yeah. I just know he was away.
1: Because, I mean, if that was happening, I think that's understandable. But maybe they send Bird away with the grandparents for a week so Dad can, can relax <laughs> oh, a little. And then uh,
2: John Voigt wrote the... Uh the opening. Oh. They talked were, all about his time on Deliverance. Oh, what said, a
1: film. And he said that's where he knew. He said, this guy's going to be a star. It was fantastic. It's a great movie if you've never seen it. It's a little disturbing. And by and a little, said, I mean completely disturbing.
2: And Voight said that movie isn't the movie it is without Burt.
1: Yeah. He was awesome in it. He was... Uh, because he was in it, and it was such a highly acclaimed film. He was great. John Voight was great. And then... He ended up doing all those good old boy movies, which I loved, like Smoking and the Bandit and Cannonball Run and Stroker Ace. All those movies are great, but uh yeah, he he was a better actor than he was given credit for, I think, for sure. And, and then he married Lonnie.
2: And wasn't our old makeup artist Joanna? Her father was his agent.
1: For yeah, there so. was. A, she told us this amazing story. Joanna, our makeup artist at Fox, she said her dad was like a Hollywood, you know, manager, and that was fine. And then. Three years after we get to know her, she says something like, oh, oh yeah, Burt Reynolds. We were talking about Burt Reynolds' famous uh, nude spread in Cosmopolitan where he was completely nude and he covered my up his My erections have returned. Oh, yeah, it got me hard. And, uh, and she said, oh, Burt Reynolds, yeah, my dad managed him. Like, in 1977, I was like, your dad managed Burt Reynolds when he was the biggest movie star in the world? And she's yeah. like, yeah, I guess. Like, she had no clue. So I'm waiting to see if he pops up in the book because he probably will. Oh yeah, you're right. He probably will. That's a good point. Wow. And then maybe Joanna will pop up as Bert Reynolds' illegitimate daughter. Could happen. And then she, now I heard Bert doesn't have much money left. I think it all went to Lonnie. I think she took everything in uh, div- I think huh. second divorced. Maybe I don't know. I don't think it's ended well for Bert. So that's I'll the Bert Reynolds the recap. story. Yeah. Let us know how that ends up. When when was it written? Do you have any idea? Like when we'll never checked Check that. Now. Okay. Sorry. Again, are we sure that's a real library? Just <laughs> yes. a bunch of books in an old Thousands, man's house.
2: Thousand percent.
1: Who's they've got, running it? They've got
2: an electronic system to scan the books out. Everything.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. I'm the <laughs> mayor. Okay. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I. I like pictures. Okay. I like pictures. I'll take pictures. Um. Hey, big weekend. Uh, I went to my first Raptors game of the season. Yeah, you went. You were courtside. I'd never had. Have you ever had courtside seats? I. Here's the thing. You had a choice between courtside and uh luxury box, yep, and you wanted to be in the luxury box. I, I didn't quite understand that. Why was but that? it worked out in my favor. I just didn't want to be like, Yeah, give those to me
2: because it was they were work seats, so I said, You know, I'm fine in the suite. And then,
1: since when are you that generous? That makes no sense. There's and, more to it. You no. wanted the free booze in the suite, that was my theory. Nah.
2: um, and then, um I lucked out because I was told, "No, you've got the courtside seats." So that courtside, unreal. And you caught a ball. Yeah, I was taking a little video for the Instagrams, and uh, the one time I look away from the play, th- uh, the ball landed in my
1: lap. Did it, it like, hit you? Like, did it? Didn't hit, hit my you face. Nothing. It
2: was like perfectly placed. It like fell and landed on a, a bed of uh, marshmallows. It was that soft of a landing.
1: That's what your junk is like—a <laughs> bed of marshmallows. Your genitals? That's what you say to the ladies now. Ladies, you want to get together with a guy whose genitals like a bag of marshmallows. This is your guy, right? Yeah, the woman,
2: she put the finger in the hole. (laughs) Isn't there an EDM guy now called Marshmallow?
1: Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's Dan. That's Dan. <laughs> hey, but you went to like the best game of the year. They snapped yeah. Houston's, uh, what was it, 17-game win streak or whatever it was. And, it
2: was pretty uh, crazy. That was
1: pretty legit. Pretty legit.
2: Yeah, I got to... I tell you, the in-game experience at an NBA game... It's the best. It's the best. The it's... NHL doesn't hold a candle to it.
1: They do have the advantage of many stoppages in play in which they can entertain. Well, they have to entertain the kids, and they do a great job of it. Um, but and then you've got the
2: problem with the ice. You can't have people going out on the ice every two seconds. Maybe they should. Maybe that's a secret.
1: That's what they should be doing. Hey, uh, but then, so you went to that game, and then uh, people, I saw someone sent a tweet to you today. It was something to the effect of, ooh, were you feeling okay the next day? Yeah. You were taking a lot of... Trays and trays of drinks. And like, as soon as he said it, I was like, yeah, that sounds like toolsy. That sounds like something he would do. No. So,
2: again, when you're courtside, you aren't getting up during the game. I came in, started the game with a Caesar, had that for the first two quarters, then went up and visited in the suite, brought a red wine down, and then <laughs> so, had that for the third and fourth.
1: So I just want to clarify, you went to the suite to get the free booze and then came down. No,
2: uh, our bosses said, hey, come up and say hi. <laughs> so I had to go up. Oh, yeah. One of those things. Okay. And it's not easy to traverse around that place in the. Well, especially when people are like, Tulsi. Eh? A lot of people wondering about the suit because uh, <laughs> I wore a suit on the show on Thursday. Oh, yeah,
1: other people are asking you about that. And it was
2: way too large, and they asked if I burned the suit. I'm donating the suit. Well, hey, that means people are watching, so that's a good sign. So, yeah, so a C- is that a lot of drinks? Having I mean, a Caesar for two
1: quarters and a red wine for the last two? So, but you didn't just have a Caesar, you had a Caesar. Like you, because you had a guest with you. You had a something for that guest too, no? Or just you? You were the only one drinking. The person well, they you were, brought the, to the person, game.
2: They were carrying their own drink.
1: Oh, okay. All right. I thought maybe you were carrying her drink. No. Okay. <laughs> Get your own drink. You're, <laughs> you're getting the best seats in the house. Get your own damn drinks. So, yeah, I uh, responded to that guy. I'm like, what are you doing? I don't know. I, there's got to be a reason he said that. I think maybe you're withholding some information. Right. Are you secretly bringing booze in? <laughs> I snuck it all in. <laughs> I had a Mickey with me. That would be amazing if you did that, uh, sitting in courtside seats. Welcome to my world. That would be great. And then I you, was right you across from to Spanky's. Drake. Didn't you go to Spanky's? Went to Spanky's on yeah. Saturday night. Yeah, I saw your picture there. Uh, I gave Tubesy the, the tour of Peterborough. Oh, because is not from Peterborough. That's right. That's, that's right. right. And you said you had the best steak you've had in your life? Was yeah. it the guy's house who has the library?
2: No, it was at, uh, I want to get
1: the name right. I think it's Johnny Vino's in Peterborough? Sounds legit. It has changed <laughs> my life. Doesn't sound like a real place. It
2: was a Wagyu beef steak. Not mm-hmm. cheap, but best steak I've had at a restaurant in my life. Mm-hmm. So way to go, Johnny Vino's. Men feed yep. my mouth. Johnny Vino's Italian
1: Grill and Bar. And you uh, went with one of dudes. Owners, this wasn't a date or anything. This no. is with dudes. And one
2: of the owners, uh, former Capitals great John Drews. No way, Drews, yeah. right?
1: Former Drew, Peterborough sir. Pete, right? That's Right. Uh, now, have we gotten any closer to you being willing to discuss your dating life on this podcast? Come nope. on, it'll be fun. Don't know what you're talking about. What? At what point will you feel comfortable with that? Because I feel like the listeners really want. Ten here. years time. Wow. Okay. Well, I feel like you're never getting married again, so that'll you'll still be dating. The uh, I'm consumed by kitties right now. They're ruining my life. Why? Why not just one? One? One was plenty. You fell for it.
2: No, but here's the thing: when you leave the little kitty by itself, so uh, the story is, my daughters. I said when we when I get back from the Olympics, you, we're getting a cat for you guys, and they said, okay, Meow. perfect. <laughs> so we went to the uh, the cat store. The Humane Society. By the way, Christoph killing it with the drops already. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there is this uh, cute little kitty. And then they said, "Its uh, brothers right over there too."
1: <laughs> yeah, of course they did. They're like, we gotta get. The <laughs> <these laughs> now, kitties like
2: they were lined this. up out the door to get these things. So we went home with two kitties, and uh, now they have uh, a companion when I go to work.
1: Now I'm just going to guess at their names: Ben and Teller. Meow. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> Ron and Ginny.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say Ron and Jeremy. <laughs>
2: no, Ron and Ginny Weasley.
1: Oh, they're reading Harry, the Harry Potts. Harry Potter. Uh, so,
2: a lot of people know those names. They know it right away. I yeah,
1: wouldn't. Yeah, I, w- I barely knew. I, th- I, th- I suspected, but I barely knew. I would have preferred Ron and Jeremy. Were you with me when we were at the Rainbow and the Sunset Strip and Ron Jeremy no, I uh, was outside and he was taking pictures with all these uh, what looked like bachelor parties? And God, he was fat. Oh my God, he's... He looks horrible. I don't he definitely cannot suck his own b- anymore. He that was one thing he used to be famous for that he could he had such a long penis he could suck his own penis. At that point, do you leave the house?
2: I think so. <laughs> I'm rolling up my room. Uh Christoph uh, brought us in uh brought us uh, in
1: uh, some steep teas. Yes, he did from our uh from our friends at Tim Hortons.
2: Please play
1: again. Uh, our, our other friend Robin White, who we heard last week, who seems to be doing much better. He's found a lady friend. Um, he he withheld a story that he's going to tell us on a later podcast that I'm really looking forward to. But he is also going to be joining us at the Spring Invasion in Saskatoon, April the 20th. Friday, April the 20th. So if you're in Saskatoon, uh, get your tickets now. The Rock 102 Spring Invasion it's at prairie land. I hope I'm getting all the things right. I think I am. It is such a fun time. Yep. And we're looking forward to going back again. And now Robin's going to be there, and we're going to try to convince Robin uh to get up on stage and belt out a tune with the Rock 102 band. Will will they allow that? It will they could they afford not to allow that? <laughs> you have that kind of talent in the building. Do you mm-hmm. want to withhold it from the people? The the people of Saskatoon who paid good money to come in? and see the Rock 102 band, they're going to have a legitimate man in Robin White.
2: We talk about Saskatoon a lot, but I think it's now near the top of the Canadian cities that I don't live in, that I've been to the most in the last
1: five, six years. For sure. We go there a lot and do a lot of events there, and we legitimately like it. And we ask, there's a question we ask every guest who comes on the podcast who regularly tours or performs across the country. Jerry D, um, Steve Patterson of The Debaters, uh, Max Kerman from the R. Kells. We asked all these guys. Alan Doyle. We asked all these guys.
0: Hey, who wants to? F- <laughs> we asked
1: them that. Christoph. He is killing it today. And then we asked him. After we asked him, who wants to? F- we asked them, "What's your favorite city that you had never been to, never grown up in, across the country?" And that surprised you. And every one of them answered Saskatoon. They all loved it. Because you never leave there not having a good time. You always have a great time in the tune town. So we'll be there. So, so get your tickets now. I assume tickets are on sale. And maybe you can win them by listening to Rock 102. Tulsi and I, Rock 102, starting in April. <laughs> Morning, guys. You haven't mentioned who our guest is going to be on the podcast. This is exciting. Our guest is the old man who runs the library in downtown Orono. He's a convicted felon, and he's wanted... No, he, it, our guest is actually Alan Walsh. He is an NHL player agent for Octagon Hockey, based out of Los Angeles, and you may know him best from Twitter. He's an excellent Twitter follow, very outspoken, obviously very pro-player, uh, because he is a player agent, but he's not afraid to call out Gary Bettman on several different issues, uh, the Olympics... Concussions, uh, lockout, etc. So we're gonna get we're gonna get to all that with Alan. He's a great follow. He's had some back and forths with some of our guys. Darren Dreger and, and him had a little Twitter exchange a few years ago, but I think they're I think they're actually quite friendly. Um, so yeah, Alan's gonna come on in just a little bit.
2: Just uh, saw Alex Ovechkin score. There was a replay of him scoring his 600th. Man, we are living in a day and age in which there are a lot of Hall of Famers.
1: Here's the other thing about Ovi. How is Ovi's only is he even 33 years old? Yeah, he's like 32, 33. He's so young. Like you think of Ovi, I guess I do anyway, and I think it seems like he's played for 20 years. But he's he's a young guy. Like I now he's going he's going great, but he uh he looks great. 32 years old, Stoff says. 32. 32. So he could play he doesn't get injured. Yeah, because he, someone asked he can him He could play today, for another
2: eight years. Someone asked if uh, Line A reminds him of a young Ovi, and he said, I'm still young. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is. He is still young. What else did he say about Line A? Anything good? That's all I saw. He's like, don't f- talk to me about some Finn. Uh,
2: so, yeah. Seriously, like Ovechkin and Crosby alone, but mm-hmm. there's... So many uh, the, the cast of characters for the stars in the NHL right now.
1: Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun time in the league right now. Fun time to be alive. Fun times in Cleveland today. Fun times in Cleveland today. Yeah. Yeah. Fun times in Cleveland today. Cleveland. Come on down to Cleveland town, everyone. Come and look at both of our babies. Uh,
2: I was going to bring up something else. What the hell was it? Uh, something happened. You pooped Yeah, the stuff. woman, she put the
1: finger in the hole. Yeah, that? Was it that? No. Uh,
2: there was a shootout on the 401 today. There was a bank robber. Maybe that Three was the them.
1: guy following me into work that I was telling you about. The truck driver who, who rode my ass for about four miles and then tried to run me over. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> It didn't feel good. It didn't feel good at all. Well, get out of the way. Convoy coming through. I I wanted to get through because there was a guy in front of me going way too slow in the left-hand lane, in the speedy lane, and the the big rig behind me was like honking his horn at me. Like I'm like, dude, I... I don't, I'm wanting to get past this guy as much as you do, man. It's like Maximum Overdrive. Yes, very much like Maximum Overdrive, if you've ever seen that flick. It was actually kind of terrifying. Yeah, everything, everything electric came alive. Yes, yes. ACDC did the soundtrack.
2: Oh, here's what I was going to ask you Have you heard the new Justin Timberlake song and do you know who's on it?
1: Okay. Is there one with uh the Bonnie Vera guy? Uh, d- not sure about that one, but this is from Oh Chris Stapleton? Yes. I haven't heard that one, but I heard he is on one of the, his new songs. Is it good? So a
2: country singer collaborating with uh with Timberlake. Well
1: he's done stuff with him before. And, with Stapleton? Yeah, it with at award shows. Pretty... At award shows. Uh Timberlake's really like, I'm a mountain now. Like, one of the songs on his new album is called Flannel. Like, did he just run out of songs and just look over in his <laughs> dresser? Oh, there's, like, it could have been called Socks.
2: Does Stapleton's reputation in the country world take a hit? Or they like, yeah, man, collect money when we're
1: Yeah, I think he just does whatever he wants now. He just goes for it. I don't know. I I think... The country music community is just legitimately happy when people are listening to country music. So if that guy's a, a star, then good good on him. Florida Georgia Line, good on them too. Yeah, we're River River Time. Are they still doing their thing, Florida Georgia Line?
2: They're in a big. They're like in the biggest uh, pop song on the radio right now. A duet with a pop artist. What?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Is it the uh, Monday Night Football theme? <laughs> no. Is it that one? I
2: don't know what's the name of that song, Christoph. The big hit, "Florida Georgia Line," and like it's it's an artist that, for the life of me, I could never remember. Kesha, her no, it's not Kesha. Uh,
1: Debbie Gibson,
2: <laughs> not Debbie Gibson. Debbie Gibson. Sir we'll, Mix a Lot. Debbie Gibson for like two hundred bucks will record a personal message for you. They think the,
1: really you can go on like her website. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm not <laughs> saying I won't do it, but it's still sad. She was never. She didn't have a lot of charisma. They always made a big deal out of her writing her own songs, that, that Tiffany didn't, but she did. But there were terrible songs. Shake your love. I just can't shake your love. The cruise. Shake your love. Just awful. What the cruise? That's the artist. Is that made up? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. What's in the name Florida, of the Georgia song? Christoph. Oh, oh, I thought the that... name of the song was Cruise? Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Who? Boy, we who are are the the artist? Or Georgia Lot or?
2: Yeah, uh, with who? No, that's the Florida Georgia Lions' big hit by themselves. Stor- gotcha, gotcha.
1: Stormy Daniels? Sorry, are is that you looking the for the Tim McGraw one or Luke Bryan? Nope. Tim McGraw collapsed on a stage in Dublin last night. I hope he's okay. He's like 98 pounds at this point. Our friend, uh, our other former makeup Haley artist...
2: Steinfeld? Okay, yeah, there it is. So Megan Redwood just chimed in with that one.
1: Oh, Megan, Haley, thank you. Megan's uh, handling the TV side of this. Kaylee Steinfeld. Is she an actress?
2: That's a made up name.
1: Yeah, that can't be right. Yes. She's an actress, right?
2: From Pitch Perfect.
1: Okay, okay. Is she the uh the uh heavier girl? No, <laughs> she's I, I Kay-
2: don't think so. Kaylee Steinfeld.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Kaylee. Is she the heavier girl? What an <laughs> a- Jesus. Uh, Well, this is devastatingly interesting podcasting. Um, Why don't we give... uh, Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, that's what he just said. I thought he said Kaylee. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's give uh, Alan a call. And uh, we'll give him a call a little bit early and uh, have a little chat ski with him. Toolsy, uh, I got asked to uh, host uh, Overdrive on Friday. Nice. And they uh, wanted to see if uh, you would come join me, and I said, no, we're out of town. You think we'd be good as afternoon radio? You aren't going to do it? You're out of town? Well, I'll be in uh, L.A. I'll be gone. All right. You could do it. No. Spring break. But why couldn't you just bring the girls in? They could be your (laughs) co-hosts. That'd
2: be good good radio. Uh, We're going away, I think. I don't know.
1: I don't like planning things. Steve Anthony, if you're a fan of Much Music, announced today retiring from TV. Done. When? Uh, I'm not sure when it happens, but he made the announcement today. Maybe we should have Steve on. It'd be fun to talk to him about the old Much days. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, I'll reach out to Steve. That would be a blast. Actually, he's uh, he's interesting. <laughs> I yeah. love him. I love him. He's a great guy. A legitimately, will he be able guy. to like? Ah, oh, no, he'll fit right
2: in. Because we don't really stick to topics that long.
1: he Oh my God! Yeah, he's he's all over the place, and it's <laughs> perfect. You guys should be doing a show together. It would. Add Radio. Oh man, it would be all over the place. He did once say to me that he wanted to get. He was working on some sort of show that would have been brought together a bunch of old much VJs, uh, like a radio show where they would rotate in as guest hosts. Erica M. Master T. Can't they just go to a radio Ward. station with that uh, with that idea? I guess so. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. I'd, I'd listen. I'd love to hear what those guys are up to. Well, maybe maybe it wouldn't be that interesting.
2: They do that on satellite radio,
1: all the yeah. old MTV hosts. Yes, right, yeah. Satellite radio is fascinating. Um, there's some legitimately bad shows on there. Like, for every Stern, which is great, and Sirius XMU, which is great, there's a lot of on there, a lot of garbage
2: well, you've got to fill two hundred stations.
1: No, no, I get it. Like, I you can't. It can't all be gems.
2: You got to listen to Trucker Talk. I listen to it on the way home some nights. It's just great. Wait, is that
1: a is that a channel? Yeah, it's what? like. How do I not know about this? It's like Trucker Radio. So it's just truckers on their Cbs talking to each other. Well, they call in and. I don't know. That sounds like a great idea, actually. Outlaw okay. Country. Do you listen to that? Yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. And I like uh, XMU. I love Hair Nation. I've reverted back to my 1980s self. I listen to a lot of hair metal on there. I listen to One Spit and Twice Shy on the Way In by Great White. Hard to listen to a Great White without thinking about that. what happened.
2: Why don't we have a station on there? TSN Radio.
1: Yeah. Stop. Why? ESPN has a station. Why don't we have a station?
2: Christoph, can you work on that?
1: Christoph's just. Try- I will attempt to. Christoph's just trying to keep uh, Landsberg, uh, Landsberg getting up in the morning for TSN radio. Has he ever slept in? Yeah, has uh, Landsberg uh, ever stepped no. in? No, He hasn't slept in. Apparently once when they were in Cleveland uh, for the uh, conference finals, he almost slept in, but he was <laughs> there in the end. So. Exciting the story right there. How do you, how do you
2: almost sleep in?
1: Well, they have to call us hotel room. Ah-ha! Uh, oh.
2: That happened to me in Fort McMurray all the time. I had to do the morning uh, sports shift on the radio. And uh, my news director, Rod McDonald, he'd call. Hey, Dan, you coming to work today? I'd look. It's 525. My first update's 530. Yikes. I'd make it there on time.
1: Oops. I did give you the wrong number, stuff. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, some uh, old lady kept picking <laughs> up, and she seemed rather annoyed. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, is oh, Alan man. there. Here we go. <laughs> I've got it for you. There oh, it is. Who's right Alan? Was it, was it the old lady who runs the library in Oregon? It might have been.
2: We should have got the old lady on the podcast. Really confused
1: her. Yeah. Asked her what's uh, what's going on in L.A. these days. Yeah, I'm going to L.A. On, I'm going to Disney. Back to Disney, Tulsi. And it's a heat wave out there right now. Yeah, but it's going to rain this when I show Ooh. up. It's going to rain. Like... That's it rains three days a year. The three days I'm going to show up. It's brutal. Mucho no bueno. Yeah, I'm really upset about it, actually. I don't need it to be, like, scorching hot. It's
2: perfect. So you'll uh, be able to recount us with your uh, your travel tales on y- next
1: podcast. Yeah, I will. I will. But uh, one thing that, that the guys at Fox did used to say to me is the best time to go to Disney is if it's raining a little bit. Because the, the locals, as you know, cannot drive in the rain. And they are legitimately afraid of going anywhere in the rain, and they don't go to Disney. It rains, so yeah. Hopefully, I'll just be, you know, I'll just go in a loop on Space Mountain, just go over and over and over, with my daughter who's two.
2: Got it? Is she big enough to run the Cars
1: ride? We were talking about that today. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a height thing, right? It's not an age thing, and she's a giant. I think she's as tall as her mom now. Her mom's 5'3". She's about the same height. She's 2. My wife. So uh, if the NHL legitimately locks up some sort of ladies pro league, then my friend Alan Walsh is going to sign her as a client, and we'll make millions together. Alan Walsh is on the line from Octagon Hockey. How are you, sir? How are things?
3: I'm doing great. How are you doing, boys?
1: We're doing excellent. Was there a heat
2: wave just uh, recently out there? Uh, I don't know. It rained for three
3: or four days straight in LA, and my wife and I took off to Napa with a couple of great friends of ours, and it was beautiful.
1: Oh, that sounds nice. Now, let me guess. I'm just going to guess on the friends... Mr. and Mrs. Darren Dreger. True or false? <laughs>
3: uh, you know what? I'm, no comment. <laughs> uh.
1: um, you, uh, you are amazing because uh, not only are, are you one of the top player agents uh, working around the NHL, but you are an amazing voice on Twitter and very outspoken. Um, first of all, let's talk about your client, Marc-Andre Fleury, before we get into your Twitter, uh, the stuff you do on Twitter. What a season for him, what a comeback, and what a season for the Vegas Golden Knights. Take us through uh, the process of having a client like that go to an expansion team, and then all of a sudden have this insane season where everything seems to go right for the team.
3: You know, uh, change is is good for everyone. And uh, uh, there are very few players uh, in the league that spend their whole career with one team. It's really just a handful of guys. And, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, myself included always looked at Mark as a guy that had a great chance to maybe being a, a penguin for life. Um, but as I say to guys all the time, anytime there's an injury, whether it happens to you or it happens to somebody else on your team, it creates opportunity for another player. And, and hats off, you know, hats off to Matt Murray. He stepped in under great pressure as a very young guy. And it just became obvious, uh, at a certain point in time last year, uh, that despite the fact that everyone loved Mark, the, the organization, um, his teammates, the city, the media, and anybody who's ever come into contact with, I don't know if there's a more loved guy out there than Mark Andre Fleury that, uh, he would be moving on. And the question was how we were going, how we were going to do this. And I went into Pittsburgh and Mark and I sat down and we talked about all of the different uh, possibilities that were out there. And Mark said to me one thing. He said, Alan, no matter how this plays out, I love this team and I love my teammates, and I don't want to do anything to be a distraction or to hurt them at all. So I went and I met with Jim Rutherford. Um, we spent uh, some time together, and we talked about the different options that were on the table. Uh, one was a trade at some point before the deadline. Um, another was not trading Mark, but potentially buying him out if he refused to waive his no-move clause to make himself available in the expansion draft, or just exposing, agreeing to waive the no move, and exposing himself uh, to Vegas in expansion. And uh, uh, I sat with Jim and I said, "What's your preference?" Because I know Mark would want to know that. You know, I've never really told the story to anyone before. And 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 Jim said, "Well, Alan, my great preference, being selfish." Uh, is to have Mark here all year. I don't want to trade him. Uh, his teammates don't want him to be traded. And you never know what can happen. An injury can happen and Mark could all of a sudden be the guy again. And, and, you know, but I would need you to agree now to waive your, the no move and, and allow Vegas to take him in expansion. And, and I went back to Mark and we talked about it and Mark said, that's, that's fine. Let's do it. We, um, signed some paperwork under the stealth of night hmm. and filed it very quietly with the n h l and uh and then locked it down and No one really heard that it was done, but it was done uh, fairly early in the process um, it was It was signed and sent to the league probably in uh, november december um and uh, we played all year, knowing Mark and I, wow. and the people in Pittsburgh, that uh, in management and coaching staff, that you know there was a ninety nine point nine 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 percent chance that Mark would end up, you know, in Vegas by operation of waving the no move for the expansion draft.
1: That's an amazing story because you really gave us a window into how you deal. With GMs, or is I don't think everything's obviously that amicable for you, though, is it, Al <laughs> Like that seems like a pretty good relationship you have with Jim. You,
3: you know, you know. Well, Jim is Jim is a man of honor, and and anybody who's ever dealt with him, uh, I think, feels the same way. But the reality is, ninety five percent of the time, the player and agent's interests align with the team, and there are five percent of the time where the interests don't align and as an agent you have to uh you have to stand up and represent your client uh to the best of your abilities uh sometimes and i'm pleading guilty here in that five percent uh of the time uh i will go out there and be uh zealous some people could say overzealous i don't really care What other people think. I only care about what my client wants and what my client authorizes me to do. Uh, But for anyone out there that has any doubts, uh, I would never say anything. I would never do anything without getting my clients explicit okay before doing it.
2: Um, Let's go back to Vegas and the player experience um, of the Knights that live there, that play there, that... uh that have their families there, how have they found it living in Sin City?
3: <laughs> well, I, I have two clients that I work with directly on Vegas. There's Mark and there's David Pera, who's also having uh, a career year right now. Uh, I believe today with um, an assist on the first goal, he's up to 62 points right now in 63 games played which is um, which is an extraordinary season by any measurement, the guys mostly live in uh, summer lead, close to the practice rink. I'd say um, probably nineteen 1920 guys live within uh, uh, an eight to ten minute drive of the practice rink, uh, which is a twenty twenty five minute drive. Uh, To T-Mobile to the Strip.
2: Okay, so there's some separation there, so they aren't. That's that's probably a good thing. uh, Yeah,
3: (laughs) it's definitely a good thing. But but, you know, I've been to seven or seven games now in Vegas this year, regular season games, and the atmosphere in the rink is unreal. Uh, You know, after the first intermission, I've seen a couple of Cirque du Soleil shows on the ice. (laughs) Um, After the second intermission, they have Blue Man Group. I mean, it's, it's just extraordinary the in-game experience. But if you're living in Vegas and you're a player, you know, you have your pick of some of the top restaurants in the world right there with some of the top chefs in the world. You've got your pick of shows, whether it's, um, Elton John, um, or Absinthe is the hot show that all the players are going to see right now, uh, concerts. Um, there's really so much to do, not just for the players and their wives, but for the whole family that I think the players over the course of living there realized the image of Vegas, you know, uh, playing blackjack all night and, and, and everything else you got there, Sin City really isn't reality for, for any of the guys or for most people who live in the city.
1: It would be for Dan Allen. That would be different. for me. A that's thousand totally percent. different. That's a different. Well, start.
3: I, you know, I, I was <laughs> not really considering the two of you in that, but you know, I would, I would, knowing what I know about you guys, I'd uh,
1: now, I tend to agree. no. I want to uh, change the subject to the, the Olympics. We just got back from Korea. Uh, it was a, it was a great experience, but I think everyone agrees that it would have been even better had NHL players been involved, and I know you're a big proponent of that. Do you see, for Beijing, just hearing some of the things that Gary Bettman has said have confused the hell out of me, um, <laughs> and I know they've confused the hell out of you too, Alan. Do you see a scenario where the players are in Beijing for 2022 at this point?
3: Uh, I would venture to say right now they're going. Uh, I think the league uh, wants them to go. The league wants NHL players in Beijing. China is a huge part of the league's, um, overall global strategy, uh, if you can call it that. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, playing games over in China, going to play regular season games in China. Um, it would make no sense even for the NHL to, to, to not make a deal to send the players there in, uh, 2022. Uh, the big thing with Gary Bettman in, in my mind is Bettman knows the players want to go and he's never going to give the players something for nothing. So in 18 for the Olympics that uh, you guys were just at and had a very good time. I was following what you guys were doing over there uh, and very impressed with the work. Um, what Gary What Gary said was, if you recall, you will go, we'll go, but you guys are going to have to agree to extend the CBA uh, a specific amount of time. Don't reopen and extend it two years and you guys can go. And the players virtually unanimous turned that
1: down. It was the most ridiculous request ever. No, the players would never have agreed to that, right? Never.
3: Never but but Gary Batman was not going to allow the players to go for nothing.
2: But so, why why not just have them happy? What's wrong with that?
3: Because because he's the consummate negotiator and he's he he saw the players wanted to go and it's a classic form of negotiation. Take something off the table and then offer to put it back on the table as long as you give me something. And that's what he tried to do with the 18 Olympics. And to me, the tragic part of that was the players were held hostage because it was not in their control to to make the deal to go on their own. Uh, I admire someone like Alex Ovechkin who said, well, I'm going anyways. But I knew that the NHL would invoke their contracts and have the IIHF and the IOC step in and say, uh, you know, we're not going to allow players to come over even if they're willing to breach their contracts to come over. Uh, and that's that's just the nature of Gary Bettman. Let's face it. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't love the game. He doesn't care about the players one iota. Just look at his entire history of player safety if you can call it that over the years. It's really just about lining the owner's pockets with money, many of it, you know, much of it coming from the players.
1: What You bring up the player safety issue. You've been talking a lot about this on Twitter. You have to follow Alan on Twitter. He's such a great follow. There's a recent, I believe it's an HBO documentary, Alan, and you've been talking about this. um, Gary's sort of continual reluctance to acknowledge uh, the connection between concussions and CTE. What is... What is really in it for him to continue to take this stance from your perspective? Uh,
3: I, I think a lot of the stance is probably foreshadowed by the concussion lawsuit. And I think the the wider issue is why doesn't the NHL owners, why don't they sit down with Gary and say, all right, there are... Uh, literally hundreds of retired players who are struggling right now, who are having difficulty making it through a day, cannot hold a job, um, and and they need help. Instead of fighting this lawsuit, which is just delaying the inevitable, the NHL is on the wrong side of the science, and sooner or later, the the ability to deny the science won't be there anymore before the league gets to that point why don't they step forward and say let's get together with the pa let's get together with reps uh, uh you know alumni association or a group of retired players and let's figure out how to help the players and settle this lawsuit and, and many people think that the NHL has been leading this charge. You know, all oh, you retired players, you're just jealous of all the money the guys are making today, and you're looking for a handout. I've heard that a lot. You know, you're looking for a handout. No. The players are not looking for, you know, money to drop out of the sky so they can go buy a house or go on a nice vacation or buy a new car. They're looking for money to pay their medical expenses the primary thing they're asking for in the concussion lawsuit is medical monitoring. And, and and the NHL has denied them this and has maligned their ask, their position, their legal position by continuously denying any link at all between, uh, concussions, subconcussive blows to the head and an association or link with CTE. And, 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 you know, my passion for this issue comes from situations like this. Uh, about three years ago, I got a call from a, a client of mine who played in the NHL for almost 18 years. Uh, he had been retired for a few years, and he, he called me, and he was literally in tears. And he said, Alan, I need help. I I left the supermarket today, and I got lost on the way home. I couldn't remember how to get home. It's only two miles. And I do that drive every day for the last seven, eight years almost. And I called my wife crying, and I said, help me. I can't get home. I don't know whether to turn right or left. I don't know where I am. I'm lost. And, you know, it was a fear I heard in his voice, you know, do I have CTE? Is this how it starts? You know, is my life going to spiral out of control the next time he may have an argument with his wife? Is that the anger that they're talking about? And, and you know, when, when people you, you, you represent and you care about and you love start coming back to you with these issues. And I remember asking him, I said, you know how many concussions have you had in your career let's remind me and he said well you know three or four before i got to the nhl um four when i was in the nhl but there were probably another six or seven that were never diagnosed and it's like holy smokes we're, we're up to like 14 15 concussions now how many times have you had a subconcussive blow to the head a a a blow or a jolt that doesn't rise to the level of concussion you know you you add that up over an 18 year career thousands and thousands and thousands and and you know here he is retired he gave his life to hockey he played the game yes he was well compensated but no one ever told him that he might be at risk of CTE down the road, this was never disclosed, and the NHL year after year after year threw these guys back out there while they were suffering through concussion symptoms. And hey, if you don't go back out there, we'll send you down. We'll terminate your contract. You know, you had no choice if you wanted to keep playing. And those stories, you know, would come back to me over and over and over and over again. And, and that's where my passion for this issue comes from.
2: So that's a, a deep topic, one we could talk about forever. Um, we wanted to get to so many things. Uh, the one thing I wanted to ask you about was goalie <laughs> interference, offsides. It's annoying the hell out of fans. It's annoying the hell out of players. What's the solution? Do the players have a solution?
3: Uh, what's goalie interference? I don't know if anybody knows <laughs> what it
2: is. Uh, like, is it is it a, a chance that Gary Bettman says, okay, let's just scrap that. Let's do away with
3: it. You know, I, I have, I have n- no idea what the league is going to do. Uh, what what I find most interesting right now is they're lashing out at the media uh, who are making it or identifying it as an issue. And a typical NHL, uh, <laughs> you know, the moment you criticize them for something and justifiably so for creating this ridiculous policy that no one knows uh, what it is. Um, they're just going after the people who are highlighting <laughs> how ridiculous this is night after night after night. Um, and, and and I think, you know, goalies have been run over. And goalies do need some protection. But what's going on right now has gotten so ludicrous and, and out of control that, you know, on any given night, in any given rink, any there's just a tiny little bit of contact, no one knows how the call is going to go. And, and I'm someone who agrees that goalies need to be protected. I mean, Marc-Andre Florey's had uh, a couple of concussions from getting run over, once this year, early in the season in Vegas, and there 's a number of goalies out there that have had concussions in the last couple of years, so I think the the the, the principle of providing some extra protection to goalies is is a good it 's a good policy, uh, but the way they 've implemented it and the way that it 's being enforced uh, and the haphazard nature and inconsistencies have made them a laughing stock. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Bettman gets so frustrated by, by the way um, the media has criticized the league, coaches, general managers have spoken out, players have spoken out. Bettman just throws up his hands and says, you know, hey, let's scrap this. I'm surprised he hasn't done that already. Um, how to fix it? uh you know it's one of those times where i can genuinely say you know to you guys i i don't know i don't know you, you know i i i think well you know dial it back a little bit but it's always going to be left open to interpretation and and if they dialed it back which is i think what they're leaning towards right now um Will they be able to consistently implement it around the league, where you know, you, me, coaches, players could all sit there and and explain what is and what is not goalie interference? Because we can't do it right now.
1: No, no chance. Maybe they have to bring back foot in the crease. Okay. (laughs) Before I let you go, Alan, I'm going to put this is the the fan the dream question for you. You're suddenly uh, you've got the ear of all NHL owners. Gary's retired. Who, who is your new commissioner? Yeah. Who do you want to be? Who is the person who you feel? Because, you know, we all think we all feel the same way. It's time for Gary to go. Who could step in right now and really take the league to that next level the way an Adam Silver has in the National Basketball Association?
3: there's only one person for the job and it's me and then i immediately want to open up cba negotiations and we're getting rid of the cap and we're getting rid of escrow problem solved next question
2: hey i have a legit question before because this is the first time i've wondered about it with uh we becoming legal in canada in the summer what does the nhl do about that they must have had talks
3: you know it's it's interesting you say that because it's not just canada but it's also california
2: sure yeah uh
3: oh. it's it's been legal now since uh, january 1
2: and colorado um,
3: yeah. and, and colorado as well now the the nhl uh drug testing program um they test players four times randomly over the course of the season um and and into the summer players are drug tested in the summer but they're only drug tested for performance enhancing drugs and, or masking agents of performance enhancing drugs. They are not specifically, um, uh, I want to be careful what I say here. They, they test, the test is sensitive to recreational drugs, but a positive test, um For any kind of recreational test, a drug does not trigger, cannot trigger any kind of discipline or anything beyond a phone call that is made to the player by the doctors overseeing the um, uh, drug program to ask if the player has an issue uh, or needs help. Hmm. And it is done on a strictly confidential hmm. basis.
1: So I guess so legitimately, say, a player could say, "I do need help, and this this prescription is legit." And I and you can't you can't suspend me for it.
3: Right. I mean, the, the, you know, the, it's it's fairly. I don't think I'm disclosing anything confidential here. Players have tested positive for recreational drugs, but it's completely anonymous and confidential. So there's Dr. Shaw who runs the program uh, on the PA side, Dr. Lewis on the NHL side. Um, Dr. Shaw on a positive test uh, could call the player and say, listen, confidentially just between me and you in your last drug test, uh, uh, there was a positive test for this substance. Um, it's not performance enhancing. You can't be suspended. You can't be put into the program, but it, do you need help? Uh would you like some drug counseling? Uh can we assist you in any way? And the player could say, Yes, I have a problem or the player can say, Nope, I'm good. Uh thanks for the call. Gotta hmm. go.
1: Fascinating. I didn't know that. Um yeah. man, I could we could talk to you forever, Alan, but we actually have to go do our T V show now and and uh and pay the bills. So uh <laughs> Listen, you, you are so great. I hope you come on with us again and uh, ha- have several more uh, weekends in Napa with the Draggers, and, uh, and and best of luck to you for the rest of the season, and best of luck to Marc-Andre Fleury, too, because, boy, that's a nice story. I like hearing that.
3: Thanks a lot. It's great being on with you guys. I'll send my best to the Draggers, and <laughs> reach out anytime time you'd like me to join you again.
1: Okay. Do the best. That's Thanks, okay. Alan. Okay, guys. That is Alan Walsh from Octagon Hockey. What's his Twitter handle? It is uh, Walsh A, all one word, Walsha, Walsha, Walsh A at Walsha. Uh, highly recommend uh, him as a so Twitter
2: NHLers cult. can smoke all the weed they want. Yeah,
1: I guess that really that's really what it comes down. To. But not just the weed. I guess they could do other recreational drugs too, couldn't they? I mean. Yeah, it's that's fascinating to me. Boy, that was a very revealing interview. Uh, but he didn't say anything that's going to get him in trouble. No, that was great. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, uh, that was fun, Christoph. Uh, thanks for the tea, buddy. That was thanks very much, Christoph. Lots of fun uh, drops there. Really enjoyed that. Um, you know what? I forgot to ask Alan at the end. I was gonna because I think maybe you might be in the market for some representation tools. and uh, He would be a great. He would be a great guy for you. Perfect. Fight for you and your needs.
2: Maybe if he becomes uh, the commish, I'll be like assistant commish.
1: How crazy would that be? You'd just be in charge of calling all the players who had tested positive for recreational drugs. No, I'll be drugs. his. T- I'll be his. Can turtle. I join you this I'll, weekend? I'll be his hype man. I'll be his. Turtle. Right. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the man <laughs> mayor. Yes, you are. Uh, okay. Well, thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Um, off to LA this week tools He's off uh, to play with his kittens yeah hello uh, meow. meow. kitty world we'll t- <laughs> we'll talk to you next week thanks for listening yeah
3: are going home